Hey church, Zach here. And uh, over the last several weeks, we have been in a teaching series called Strengthening Home, where we've been learning how to access the strength that God wants to pour out into our homes, into our relationships, into our marriages and our kids and our roommates. And whether you live alone or with roommates or with family, I just believe that God wants to strengthen your home in this time. And we've learned some of the ways that we access that strength, that we experience that strength. Uh, the first one was through worship, through adoration, that adoration is a door to the presence of the Lord. It's a door to the strength of God coming into our homes. And when we take time to worship the Lord at home, in our homes, we access that strength there and the Lord strengthens our home. The second way that we strengthen our home that Nancy Eisenberg taught us is we keep our eyes on the Lord by looking at his word. And as we're in God's word and we're setting our eyes on Jesus, it brings strength into our home. And then last week I spoke about thankfulness as a strengthener of the home and that thankfulness, the practice of thankfulness leads to the joy of the Lord becoming our strength. And as we're in this time of focused on strengthening the home, I want to tell you one of the main uh, places of bonding, of connection, of joy in my home is our dining room table. Now we have four kids, so we have a big dining room table, particularly if we want to have anyone come over and eat with us, we got to have some space and we spend a lot of time at our dining room table. It's a place of connection for our family. It's a place where we laugh and things can get crazy at times. It's a place where we look back at where we've been and we look forward to where we're going. And as we close out this Strengthening Home series, I want to invite you to my digital dining room table. I want us to, to imagine that we're sitting across from my real table, that we're here and we're connecting, because I want to bring you in on some of the things that have been going on in our church, and I want to help us look forward. I want to provide leadership for our church in looking forward into this summer season. So as we look back at where we've been, uh, I've been so encouraged by the way that our church has been responding, particularly in this coronavirus crisis, but even this year. This year, we set out as a theme starting in the August of last year of 2019. We said for this school year, we want to focus on this phrase called preparing the feast for the city. It was a spiritual growth initiative based around the idea that God has given us, his church, gifts from the Holy Spirit. And that when we as the church, when we come together and we bring our gifts together and we use our gifts to serve the Lord and to serve people, it's like a feast for the Lord and it's a feast for our city where people can find the hope and the help and the healing and the transformation that we know Jesus wants to give to people. And we get to play a part. And so over this last year, we had three goals with Prepare the Feast. The first one is we wanted to help people identify their areas of gifting. We believe that God has placed gold inside of people, and we wanted to help our church grow in knowing their spiritual gifts. Goal number two is we wanted to help people take, once they discovered a little bit about their gifts, we wanted to help them begin to put their gifts to work, their gifts to use, use their gifts to serve the Lord. And so we wanted to challenge everyone to invest in one of our serve teams. And then using our gifts on our serve teams together, 
We wanted to be that feast for the city. We wanted to use our gifts on mission for Jesus in our city for people. And that was our theme over the last year. Uh, And with this crisis that's kind of thrown us all for a loop these last several months, I realized we've come to the end of the school year, and I wanted to take time today to look back with you over the whole year. It's hard for me even to think past March looking back, but but think back to last year and think where we've been over this last year. And I want to share a few uh, encouragements with you around that. Our goal of everyone who calling Antioch Dallas taking or understanding their spiritual gifts, we, we had a little exercise to help people do that. And over this last year, we've been able to help 86 different people go through that gifts discovery process and begin to see the gold that God's put inside of them and get them on their journey to using those gifts for God's glory. That's really exciting. That's 86 different adults equipped and strengthened, identified their areas of gifting and where God has put gold inside of them. Second thing, second goal that we have was invest in a serve team. And over this last school year, we had 305 adults serve on one of these teams over this last school year. That's awesome. Way to go. I love seeing people serve. And for 88 people, that was their first time to join one of those teams, their first time to be activated in serving. We normally have around 400 people or so here on a typical Sunday morning. We probably have around 700 uh, that kind of float in the atmosphere of our church and are here at any given time. So it's amazing to see almost half of those people stepping up to serve and even 88 new people saying, I want to take the gifts that I have, right? And I want to use them uh, for God's glory. That's so exciting. Third goal was to serve with our gifts on a team on mission for our city. And so I wanted to, I wanted to share with you that we had 132 adults in leadership positions on a serve team. So not just showing up to serve, but willing to take the time and to provide the wisdom to lead on those teams. And 65 of those 132 were stepping into that role, that leadership role, for the first time. And I'm so encouraged to see the way that we've come together over this last year. And the testimony you just heard about Tim and what the Lord was doing in their lives through the church, that is the fruit of people taking their gifts and saying yes to the Lord I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to pour myself out on behalf of someone else. And when we do that, we create a feast in the Holy Spirit for people to experience life and hope and help. So way to go. Even with the virus kind of throwing things off, it's been amazing to see the church take steps forward in what we believe God has called us to this year. So I'm cheering for you and celebrating you and celebrating this last year of what the Lord has done in the midst of all the trials, what the Lord has done and saying, wow, we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to look back and see God's faithfulness with us. And then here as we turn the corner into the summertime, Right? This is typically a time where school is winding down and people are heading out on vacations and doing different things. And I don't know what the summer is going to look like for you. Uh, you might have had planned an internship or a new job or a vacation, and those things might be up in the air. And so I wanted to take time to share with you uh, where our church is going to be going this summer. As we have looked back, I want to lead you in looking forward 
together. Uh, a number of you have asked, hey, what's the plan for uh, reopening or regathering? I think it's important that we use our terms wisely. The church has never been closed. We've been open and ministering and fulfilling the purposes of God uh, in this season, right? Our building has been closed. And so I like to think about it as when are we regathering? When are we bringing people back together? And I know different churches in different cities are doing different things. I wanted to share with you an update on what we're going to be doing. So for the month of June, at least the month of June, uh, we want to kind of take this in a phased approach. And so in June, we want to, uh, we think it prudent and wise to open up the conversation with our life groups about individual life groups starting to regather, starting to move off of digital platforms and begin to regather physically. And I want to point out, I know there are a ton of different opinions, viewpoints, perspectives that we all have on this issue of what we feel comfortable with, what we feel should be happening. And when we come into the church setting where we're kind of talking about what we think should happen uh, related to regathering and all the, the, the precautions with it, I just want to encourage all of us to be moved by a spirit of love and to fight for unity. Because I imagine there may be people in your life group as y'all begin to discuss this issue, there are going to be people that feel strongly one way or another. And I just want to remind you that the church, that God has brought us together, and it's normal and okay for people to have different perspectives within one church. Many of the letters of the New Testament are written to churches working through differences of opinion or background or custom. I think as I talk about the book of Romans where they were having debates over how people should eat and who should eat with whom and people had different perspectives, right? And scripture would call us to the law of love that we wouldn't kind of debate and get angry with one another and pull away, but that we would fight for love, we would fight for unity. And so we feel like myself, our staff, the overseers, we feel like it's time now to let life groups decide what's the right step for you in this month of June. Is it for your group to stay online? Is it for your group to do some sort of hybrid or, or maybe your group feels good about coming together? Or maybe this is a time to multiply groups into different expressions. We want to put that power into your hands and into your life group's hands to figure that out within the CDC guidelines, of course, of what that looks like. And so uh, in the coming days, you'll be hearing communication from your life group leader. We'd love to get your perspective in the process. Uh, we, so they're going to be talking with you about what does this look like this summer, particularly June, for your life group. Uh, our serve teams uh, just talked about the progress that we'd seen in the area of serving. Uh, as we entered into this crisis, I likened it to a blizzard where we're all just trying to figure out how to survive. And then we moved into more of a winter period. And maybe there's signs of spring that are coming, but this extended season of disruption. And then it's taken our serve teams a little while to get their feet underneath them in this new environment. But in the month of June, all of our serve teams are going to be active and ministering because we believe it's important for the people of God to be active in using their spiritual gifts so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus in this season. So if you're on a serve team, 
Uh, you'll be hearing from your serve team leader of what does that look like. It's going to probably look a little different than it did before when all of our ministry was really uh, physical and in person, right? So there'll be digital expressions and new ways of doing things, but fulfilling the same purpose. And I want to invite you to engage in those teams this summer. Uh, if you're new with us, we're going to be starting our planted course back up. It's a three-part course that's designed to help people who are new to our church get connected and begin to grow with us here. We believe God wants to grow you here, and so we want to help you get planted. Uh, that's for new people that I'll be starting back up at the beginning of June. And if you've been around for a while and you've never been through Planted, this might be a great time to go through it. It's a three-part course. Part one, you kind of hear the heart of our church and even more importantly, the heart of the gospel of Jesus. And we focus in on him and then you walk away with a little tool to help you discover the giftings that God's given you. Part two, we talk about those gifts and then we try and help people get connected to serving and on serve teams because we believe as a disciple of Jesus, it's important that we serve and that we serve together. And then part three helps people get connected into community, connected into life groups. And so if you're new and you've been wanting to go through that, I'd encourage you to jump in. And if you've been around for a while and you've never been through it, this will be a great opportunity, a great thing to go through. So our, our groups, some of them will probably be regathering physically, some staying online. Our serve teams will begin to be active. Uh, and when it comes to Sunday, we are going to remain, our Sunday worship service is going to be a digital experience only. We won't be hosting services at our building for the month of June. And there's several reasons behind this. When we think about that expression of our church, the worship expression of our church, uh, it, it poses a lot of fairly significant challenges in this time related to the coronavirus. And we've been studying this and trying to learn. And some of the things that we've seen, I know people have different opinions, and I believe that researchers are doing their best to, to kind of learn this new landscape. Uh, some of the things that they've said that we've read are heightened factors for transmitting the virus, uh, not just receiving it, but becoming a transmitter. One of those is being around lots of people, that when you're in an environment with tons of people, right, just it increases the odds that somebody is going to have the coronavirus, that someone uh, could get it. And when you think about our Sunday worship services, we have several hundred people coming into the building uh, a couple different times on Sunday, right? So just so many people. Challenge two, uh, they say that it's, it's a lot of people for an extended period of time. And so we got people coming together who are going to be here for a while uh, together in one space. Challenge three, they said air conditioning heightens the transmission of the coronavirus because the air doesn't get out. It just gets recycled. And so uh, Texas summer, we're going to have the air conditioning on wherever we are, right? And, but if we have that on and we're coming together to worship, it's just kind of like a Petri dish for people getting sick. Uh, challenge four, they said that singing in a group is one of the highest transmission activities as the, the, the germs spread, right? So if you think about several hundred people coming together, singing, because we're a singing church, and kind of projecting all those germs in the air, the air conditioner recycling it, you realize why regathering as a church in that worship expression is so complicated. 
additionally, we are a church that is a family, a spiritual family. And that means handshakes. That means high fives. That means hugs. That means laying on hands when we pray for people, taking communion together. And I just can't imagine how we would do that, how we would live out that expression uh, in this current time. Plus the challenges of how do we take care of our kids and invest in our kids in this season. So because of all those things, we want to stay online only in our Sunday worship uh, expression through the month of June. We are confident that the Lord will lead us into a new way forward, a new way uh, of, of worshiping Him together. And we just need time to see what that is, to discern that and work out how we can do that in a safe environment for everyone. Uh, along the way, we want to definitely hear from you. Uh, hearing from our congregation is going to be a big part of how we make the decision to regathering and when we regather on Sundays. So I want to make sure that you're signed up for our church newsletter. You can sign up on our website, AntiochDallas.org. The Antioch Weekly goes out every Thursday. And if you're signed up there, that's where we send important information and where we'd love to hear feedback from you, particularly on thoughts related to regathering. So that's practically where we're going to be going, at least for the month of June. We'll get to the end of June and we'll regroup uh, and kind of see where things are at and what we believe the Lord is leading us forward. But that's practical. So I want to talk to you about heart because I believe there's an invitation for us as a church in this season from the Lord. Today in the life of the global church, we celebrate Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the early church as is recorded in Acts chapter 2. This is Pentecost Sunday. And it enters the global church calendar. It enters us into the season of Pentecost where we celebrate the life that we've been given in the Holy Spirit, the presence and power of God in our midst, empowering us uh, for mission, empowering us for the fruits of the Spirit, empowering us to be Christ-like and to carry out Christ's mission. That's what this Sunday reminds us of. And this is what we remember and celebrate. When I was looking over those scriptures this week, I was struck uh, by what was going on behind the scenes and before the breakthrough of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to take you there into Acts chapter 1, verse 12. So the disciples, Jesus has ascended to the Father. He's told them to wait in prayer, to be clothed with power from on high, power from the Holy Spirit, to be his witnesses. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 12, Scripture teaches us, then, after they received this instruction, the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. There was a Sabbath day's walk from the city. So they head to Jerusalem in obedience to what Jesus said. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and they all gathered together consistently in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So you have disciples of men and women. You have the family of Jesus, and they're gathered together. And it says this in verse 14, they join together constantly in prayer. 
And as I read this scripture, I was reminded that behind the scenes and before the breakthrough, the church was together praying. That behind the scenes and before the breakthrough of Pentecost coming, the Spirit coming, the power of God coming on the church, it was a group of believers huddled together in prayer, together consistently praying behind the scenes and before the breakthrough. And recently, as I was spending time with the Lord and seeking Him for, God, what do you have for a church in this upcoming season? I sensed that God was inviting our church afresh into the behind the scenes and before the breakthrough place of prayer that we would be invited into as a church uh, to grow in both our praying and praying together as we trust the Lord and believe the Lord for a breakthrough to come. So over the month of June, I and our church staff, uh, we want to respond to that. We want to respond to what we believe God is calling us to, and we want to invite you into it. So we're going to be going through a teaching series called How to Pray how to pray. So each Sunday in the month of June, we're going to be talking about the basics of learning how to pray, and we're going to be reading a book together to supplement what we're learning in Scripture. The title of the book is also called How to Pray, and uh, you can get it on Amazon. I'd encourage you. They've got it in Kindle and paperback, and they probably have hardback too. I'd encourage you to order it to be able to read through it with us. If you uh, don't have the finances right now to buy the book, we'll buy the book for you and give it to you. That's how powerful we believe it is and how much we want you to be a part. But on Sunday mornings, we'll be talking about learning to pray, and then we'll be reading that book together, and we'll have some different prayer lab experiences through the month of June to help us all grow in prayer and to respond to this invitation from the Lord to the place of prayer. Uh, the book, I want to tell you a little bit more about it. It's written by a gentleman named Pete Gregg. He's a British uh, gentleman who's the pastor of a church there. Um, but for the last 20 years, he has led a movement of 24-7 prayer. This is uh, him and a team pulling people together to pray round the clock. And this is how they describe it. They say it's an international, interdenominational movement of prayer, mission, and justice. That's been praying night and day for the last 20 years in different countries around the world. In fact, they've been able to establish prayer rooms, they said, in about half the nations of the earth. And Pete has been the, the kind of founder and leader of the 24-7 movement of prayer in Europe. And he's written a number of books on prayer. He's actually worked a lot with the Alpha Course, if you're familiar with that, in helping people at the beginning of the journey learning how to pray. And he recently came out with a book that walks people through the Lord's Prayer. And what a great place to learn how to pray the prayer of Jesus. And so we're going to be reading that book together, learning and growing through the Lord's Prayer and learning from the wisdom that God has given Pete and helping us all experience the power of prayer and the presence of God in the place of prayer. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and buy the book. We'll start the teaching series next Sunday, June 7th, and we'll begin to put this into practice. And then we're going to be looking for ways as we move forward together as a community, looking for ways for us to grow in prayer. And I want to remind you that behind the scenes and before the breakthrough, the church of Jesus 
was together in prayer. That's what we remember at Pentecost. And I believe that we're being invited into that place again. Now, there's a second reason that we're also doing this series. I definitely want us to grow in prayer and respond to the invitation of the Lord that he's given to us. And at the same time, as I look around our nation and as I look around our generation, one of the things that I see the Holy Spirit growing and inspiring uh, in this time is a hunger for prayer, particularly in our nation and in our generation. I uh, shared with you before, in this time of crisis, I've seen different governmental leaders, national and local, call for uh, days of prayer, times of prayer, saying we need God to break through. Uh, we, our church was on a training for how to grow as a praying church or how to, how to grow stronger in prayer. And the hosts of the webinar said that they were expecting 50 churches to sign up to be a part uh, and they said that they actually had 400 churches sign up to be a part of learning how to be, how to grow in prayer as a church. So much so they had to open a second training, right? God is stirring his church in this time to prayer. Um, Google searches, that I've told you, are up. People are searching for ways to pray. And this last week, I saw on the homepage of the Wall Street Journal was an article called The Science of Prayer where the journalist was describing her own journey in prayer and learning to pray in the midst of this crisis. And there was something in that article that struck me uh, as she wrote. She described a friend who wanted to pray, wanted in this time, just felt so anxious and so overwhelmed, was wanting to know how to pray, but didn't know how and felt like she needed guidance to get there. As I was reading that story, I believe the Holy Spirit prompted me to think about, I wonder how many people are in my relational circle and how many people are in your relational circle that right now are saying, man, I really want to pray. I want to have a connection with God. I want to, I just feel so much stress on me. I need to pray, but I don't know how. And so we want to do this series to equip and inform and inspire our church in prayer but we also want to do it in such a way that God can use you to help someone else who's on the front end of that prayer journey. So whether you find yourself kind of at the beginning and you relate to that girl, it's like, I want to pray. You're talking about this. I'm in, right? Uh, help me. What do I do? Or you're a seasoned prayer warrior that just loves the place of prayer. I believe the Lord has something for all of us in this season in this month of growing in prayer, and I'm excited to go on that journey with you. So just as a reminder, I want you to go ahead and get the book. I want you to get your heart ready, and next Sunday, June 7th, we'll launch the How to Pray series. So we're going to be doing, we'll be learning how to pray through the month of June, and then we'll be practicing that in the upcoming year. The weekend of the 4th of July, I believe the Sunday is July 5th this year, we're going to be uh, putting on what we call Big C Sunday. Big C Sunday. When I say Big C, I mean Big Church Sunday. And we're going to be encouraging everyone, because we want to be about building the kingdom of God in our city, nation, and nations of the earth, we're going to encourage everyone in our church to actually attend a different church that Sunday to show support for the larger body of Christ in our city, 
in our nation and the nations of the earth. So we won't be having this online experience that Sunday because we want to get behind what the Lord is doing in the Big C Church, not just what He's doing in and through our church. And then following that week as we head into July, the second theme that the Lord has put on our hearts to pursue and has highlighted in this season is how do we practically bless our neighbors? How do we bless our coworkers? How do we bless those who live around us? And so for, for July, we're going to be learning as a community how to bless our neighbors. June, we're going to be learning and growing in prayer. July, we're going to be learning how to bless our neighbors. And then we'll look to head into the fall. Church, I love you. I wish I could give you a big hug, a high five, a dap, something, a handshake right now. I'm looking forward to seeing you. And I would love for you to go on this journey with us as we learn how to pray and we learn how to bless our neighbors.